So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be talking about Love After Lockup, Season 3, Episode 17. This week, Sean proposes a meeting with Kelly to Destiny, Jessica goes wedding dress shopping, Heather literally kicks Dylan to the curb, John and Christiana consummate their marriage, Quaylen avoids Chevelle in Texas, and Lindsay meets up with her, quote, friend, Tara Bell. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating or any other constructive comments are welcome. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going? Things are going pretty good. I feel like this is a new day, a new era. Oh yeah, definitely. I I I had forgotten. I've completely conceptualized like, oh, finally. I just I put it all behind me. Even though we still have like two more months of Trump being oh, president. Oh, I know. Sure, but the tides of change. I know. Like even today with the vaccine uh, announcement. Oh, that's even right. though they say it's just progress, but still, like that's something to still doing trials. Listen. All I know yeah, is that this, to look to. the state of Pennsylvania really pulled through for what I wanted this weekend because, you know, Biden won Pennsylvania and then Penn State just got their butts kicked by Maryland. So <laughs> Pennsylvania just pulled through for me. They're just doing everything you <laughs> want them to do. Exactly. Exactly. Right. OK, so speaking of people doing things that, you know, they should be doing for their partner, but not really. We got Lindsay and Scott. So, uh, Lindsay's friend, Tara Bell, is coming to visit her. Tara Bell brings her a gift, and Lindsay is just ecstatic. Tara Bell tells us that Lindsay called her to complain about how the house isn't finished, and she was frustrated with Scott. The producer asks her if Lindsay just cares about the money, and Tara Bell gets this look on her face like, uh, yeah, and says <laughs> that Lindsay definitely cares about money, and if she's and she's just used to getting her own way. So, if she doesn't get money from Scott, she'll get it from someone. Scott thinks that Tarabelle is a friend that gives Lindsay emotional support. Based on the history of this show, sure, whatever you think, Scott. Uh, Lindsay shows Tarabelle Miley Grace's unfinished room, and they both sit and dish. Lindsay is frustrated about the situation of the unfinished room and tells her that uh, about Scott going through her things. Tarabelle thinks that Scott is looking for something to be wrong because Lindsay is so clearly out of his league. They both debate how much money Scott really has, and Lindsay doesn't really seem to know. Tara Bell asks if Scott knows the truth about, you know, their relationship, and Lindsay says no. So, uh, like I mentioned, based on the history of this show, if you dated someone who was incarcerated, would you be suspicious of any girlfriend they had while in prison? Yeah, I don't, and I don't know if that's, uh, I would be interested in the social like statistics on that realistically because this show mm -hmm. makes it sound like oh geez you know between it's 100%. this 100 100 percent yeah 100 yep. that's all that happens in prison Pretty much. Like, i'm not sure that's true but yeah i mean it's it's funny because you're like he she does offer her emotional support you know Harabelle does offer Lindsay emotional support just oh, not absolutely. just not in the way that scott would like <laughs> Sure, sure. Well, I was going to say, too, like uh, her get, uh, getting her all those gifts, like that, like Lindsay, number one, you know, oh, you're giving me things. Like, yes, is all yes. over it. And it really didn't 
I mean, it's funny because I mean, actually, that was actually I back up. That was actually a really thoughtful gift. Oh, absolutely thoughtful because she'd been collecting. Yeah, she'd for been years, collecting it for it years. Like. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. I found this stuff years ago. She's like, it's so much. It's so much money, which is what Lindsay brought up. But I think the more yeah. thoughtful part about it was, no, this is something I've been just like piecing together for years, just picking stuff up every time I thought of you. And that tends to be those tend to be the gifts that are like, oh, I saw this and thought of you. Yeah. People who respond well to gifts usually respond well to that. Now, Lindsay responds well to money. So, you know. Sure. Well, I think one of her love languages is probably number one gifts. Yes. But <laughs> so. I don't know, but it's weird because it's, it's different than that. It's usually she doesn't even seem to care about the thought. She seems, seems to care about what is the price tag you put on me and how much would you sure. spend on me? Right. Yeah. Which is yeah. a little bit different than, I don't know, a typical love language of gifts thing going on. I don't know. Sure. Definitely not the thought necessarily that counts, but yes. it just so happens that Terabelle has both covered. Right. Absolutely. I just the thought, thought that was, the price tag. I just thought that was so funny where they were like, do you think maybe it's the money? And she was like, of course it's the money. Like, <laughs> She's like, mm, why do you think it's anything else? <laughs> I know. It's kind of funny to, to hear Terabelle say, you know, like, okay, you are completely out of, you know, his league and it's kind of like, yeah, we've all been thinking that too, right? But then sure. Lindsay, the way she talks about him, like how she was like, oh, he's so athletic. It's like, are you seeing the same person we're all seeing? So at least Terabelle, she sees it. Yeah, Terabelle sees it. Yeah, there's no rose color. I don't know if it's rose colored glasses or if it's like, you know. Love the one you're with. Or 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 if she's just bullshitting everybody, you know, and it's like, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to say, I know I'm supposed to say I think he's hot. He's going to see this on camera eventually that I think he's hot. So Oh, yeah, he's really hot. Mm -hmm. But that is just, it's not even objectively true. (laughs) I feel like that's undeniably false. Scott does not have an athletic soccer player body. Not anymore. Yeah, not not currently, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. And the way they're just going on this work, she's like, oh, he's getting the work done on my house. And they were... Like in the unfinished attic. It was just. Okay. I was very confused about that. Weren't they trying to put her in the garage? Yes. So at what point did we move from the garage to the attic? I don't know. Because she was like. And I don't understand her thing. She was like. Oh. In order to get to the attic. We had to pull down the stairs. And I was like. Isn't that always how you get into the attic? Yeah. Is by pulling down every attic (laughs) I've ever been to. You have to pull down stairs. Yeah. Like. And I don't know what, what she's going with that if she's trying or if she's trying to say she wants it to be because you finish the attic. Attics are tough to redo because usually there's no HVAC or anything up there. Like that's a yeah. Almost, I would say a bigger ask than converting the garage is converting the attic into a livable mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Well, in a place that's cold, because technically I have an attic that's been refinished and I don't have HVAC up there. Yeah, actually, I do. But the reason why I don't know is because I never turn on my heater. Yes. Well, trust me, in Mississippi, the cold yeah. isn't what's going to bother you. Like, oh, see, but I don't have air conditioning. So, so well, yeah, and that's because I will, that. even, but it's all you have to move the insulation from the bottom because usually the insulation's on the floor of the attic. You have to mm-hmm. move it up. Because I know in my house, if I go into the attic in the summertime, I, I like have to set a time, I get 10 minutes up there and I have to come back down. Uh, yeah, it gets like that in the summertime. It definitely gets warm, but yeah, that's probably not the best place for your daughter then. Right. I so, would think it would be way more comfortable in the garage. Like, why did they so abandon that idea? I don't know. It was so. It, I'm very confused about this this home improvement project that that seems to be stagnating, but you know, it's still there. He's still like 
moving hammers around his truck while they're like talking, I guess. Right. (laughs) That's the work we saw him doing. Yeah, I was really thinking something scandalous was going to happen because I thought they were talking shit like in the garage. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Scott's right next to the garage. He's going to hear hear it. And I was like, wait a second. Wait, what? The attic? What is this business? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I they seem to be making some progress in the sense that their living room looks like a living room now. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I bet it was just like furniture. Like there's. It's, yeah, it, but it doesn't have a bunch of crap everywhere. That's, that's true. It doesn't have like the drop cloths and the yeah. sawdust everywhere. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. So let's go ahead and move on. I'm going to hit with let's go with Sean and Destiny. Okay. Uh, because why not? All right. So we pick up with the proposal that ended the last episode. Destiny is totally shocked and doesn't even know how to respond, but eventually settles with yes after she made him, like, get up. (laughs) She does tell him that it was exactly what she wanted, but she never saw it coming because she assumed that when she was going to go back to jail, he would just leave her. But then she threatens to kill him if if he ever decides to do that. And now, Song takes this as a sign that how about how she really thinks and feels about him. So he's relieved. Um, but now his nervousness about whether, you know, uh, his nervousness shifts from whether destiny is into him into telling Kelly about this engagement. So then we go back to the hotel room in the next morning and destiny is admiring the ring and she's happy again to have security that Sean isn't going to disappear if, and when she goes back to prison. But then Sean tells her that he has something he needs from her. Since he wants his children to remain a part of his life, Sean wants Destiny to finally meet Kelly. He asks her and Destiny thinks it's a bad idea because she is not ready to play the role of stepmom right now. Sean insists that there is nothing going on between him and Kelly and that he just wants her to meet with Kelly to clear the air and bury the hatchet. It seems like the more he tries to convince Destiny, the more frustrated Destiny gets. So eventually she settles on saying, whatever you want, that's fine. But if I kick her ass, it's your fault. (laughs) That's a good compromise. (laughs) Then we get to the throwaway segment before the commercial. Oh, God, this is disturbing. Yeah. So Destiny tells us that uh, a little bit more about her taste in men, where she describes herself as a chubby chaser. And tells us that she would be happy if Sean fattened up a little bit. (laughs) So weird. She says she likes fat guys because, and I'm going to try to get through this without gagging, the sex is sweatier and sloppier. Uh, And that she gets off on that. And she said friction. So. eh, Okay. The sweaty and sloppy. Okay. Yeah, the sweating sloppy. (laughs) We'll get to that. Yes. So anyway, then that's done. And it's the morning of a meeting um, between Kelly and Destiny. And Destiny is all keyed up about meeting Kelly because um, she has this perceived disrespect for her and her and Sean's relationship. In the quote that they teased endlessly all episode, she says that if the cops come, they're going to bring two body bags, which I think means she would kill both Kelly and Sean. Yeah, because this isn't a homicide-suicide situation. (laughs) Luckily, uh, the meeting is in public. And Sean takes, um, I don't know, probably not so smartly, takes the seat where he's like in the middle of the booth. So it's going to be the hardest for him to get up if anything goes down. Oh, goodness. (laughs) They sit and wait for Kelly to arrive. And the episode ends when she does. And Sean does the introductions. 
All right. So I don't know. I I feel like there's almost inevitably going to be shit throwing in this meeting. So who do you think uh, is going to be throwing more throwing the shit first? I don't know. Like Kelly, I want to believe is more mature because she's a mom. But she had stink face, like, from yes. just walking in. And totally. so it concerns me. But I'm going to say, uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a really interesting question. Because I feel like Destiny is just more volatile just in general. Uh-huh. But at the same time, Destiny's sitting pretty. Like, she's winning, like, if we're thinking about this as a competition, right? Uh-huh. So there's no reason for her to be the one to instigate anything. Right. So I don't know. So I, I think they're both going to think the other person instigated it. Oh, sure. Okay. So somebody's going to say something. I would say most likely Kelly's going to make some underhanded dig comment. And then yes. Destiny's going to explode on it. And she's going to say, I don't know why she exploded. She exploded out of nowhere. I didn't do anything wrong. And right. Destiny's going to be she like, knew very well. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I think she can bait her into exploding is what I think can happen. Oh, yeah. I can definitely see that situation going down because Destiny would be the kind of person who's like, you're not going to disrespect me. Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. Destiny's definitely the kind of person who is like, I know that's bait. I don't care. I'm taking it. And I'm taking that bait <laughs> so hard. Like she wouldn't right. even think about it. She's like, I don't care if you just did it to piss me off. I'm pissed off now. So, well, speaking of which, I actually was really impressed by the fact that Destiny was empathetic enough to offer to take off the ring. Oh, like sure. you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like if she was really trying to flaunt their relationship and be like, listen the boy is mine kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Like she would have wore the ring and she would have, you know, flaunted that and thrown it in her face. But she was just like, well, you know, like maybe I should take off the ring and make me feel more comfortable. You know, like her not knowing there's nothing to get mad over. Right, right. Because, yeah, she totally would have noticed that ring immediately. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's totally true. All right. Yeah. She was actually acting kind of mature for like a hot second. For like we'll a hot second. I, I just yeah. think I just and the other thing, too, is I just don't. She just has this such deep seated like dislike for Kelly that it's just going to be like as soon as she sees her face, she's like, I'm going to punch her face. I just want to punch that face. Like, well, I think it has a lot to do with like uh, the baggage. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is what like I think Sean is got to be in contender for world's worst dad. You know, why on earth would you want to date someone who literally wants nothing to do with your children? And you have so many of them. That's, that is crazy. Like, because part of the reason she even said it, she wasn't just like, I don't like Kelly. I don't want to have anything to do with her. She called, she was trying to break us up, which is probably not wrong, but. Right. 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 She's not totally off base. Now, I always have, I always get a little like, I rolly like not believe it when people just talk about disrespect. He disrespected me, and I was like, "Yeah, I know." Like, people that, throw that word they around. They throw that around broadly. a lot too much. Yes, but too broadly. But um, so I get that. But the idea that she's like, "I don't want to meet your kids," is also is yeah. That's like that's another level. Right. She's like, "I don't want to be a stepmom. I'm not trying to parent anyone." And it's just kind of like, uh, she's not 
all that maternal to begin with. She didn't come off that way. So it's just kind of like, yeah, that that all, I believe it. She doesn't want anything to do with the kids. And it's just, you know, as a father that wants to be involved in their kid's life, why would you want to be with someone who wants no part of that part right. of your life? And I totally get And to me, from my perspective, as a single father, I'm mm-hmm. like, if you're ever saying, you know, oh, I don't want to be a stepmom. I'm like, that's great. They don't need a stepmom. Like they right. have a mom. They have a dad. You just need to be here and not like be an asshole to them. That's like literally the, all I need to do. <laughs> I do not need you to do any of the raising of these children. Just right. don't reject them and like be weirdly protective of me because they're my children. Like it doesn't, right, it, it, right. it doesn't work like that. I'm, it's it's not so much. He, and he, but he is just such a terrible communicator. Uh, oh god he is he's like incapable of just like communicating like his thoughts yes totally forget like actually because i feel like people have communication issues because of a fear for something or confrontation Mm -hmm. or you know but he's just like he can't even express the simplest thoughts and it's just like, wow, he, he comes off as kind of slow. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It just it, like things like that. Like these are my children and I'm going to be a part of their life. And like we need to meet them. This is something we we have to happen. It just is a step along the process. And and saying right. that, I'm not asking you to be their stepmom. I'm not asking right. you to do anything. But he doesn't. He's just kind of like, oh, just I think ideas good. Meet. Yes. Let's like. Did you like some of the things he says are incoherent? It's just it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. He he is a difficult time with life, but he fell into the trap. And I mean, I'm not surprised because, like I said, we've been saying Sean mm-hmm. is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Fell into the trap that we always bring up. You know, the whole oh, crying must mean they <laughs> love you uh-huh. because Destiny cries at the proposal, like not full on sobbing or bawling, but right. she definitely teared up. And Sean was like, "Oh, she loves me." Yeah, she loves me. It, it just, I don't know. It just seemed like she was like, "Oh, sweet, I get this locked down for the whole time I'm in prison." Awesome. Yeah, she's like, like "Okay, money, money yeah, on the books." I got this. Times. Yeah, I got that's like that's like getting a, that's like getting a full time job, like a guaranteed five year contract, like sweet. right. Got that money. Yeah. Right. Okay, but, let's talk about the commercial break. Okay. That Sean needs to gain weight because... Okay. So I was confused by this because you mentioned friction, mm-hmm. but I feel like friction and sweat don't go together. It's almost yeah, they like do. On skin, natural on skin, No, it's not. No, it's oh. not. Not on skin. No, no, no. If you have like sweaty skin, your skin just like sticks. <sighs> okay. It's not... Well, maybe good. that's... Okay. Yeah. So especially, I don't know, it just, ugh, it just, I mean, it takes all kinds of folks. Right. To each their own. There's someone for everyone. I just don't need to hear the details. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, fine, good. That, if you know, you it's know like, what you like and you want to go get it. Yes. Good for you. And guess good what? We're you. not in competition for the same kind of guy, which is fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that, you know, but... I don't need to hear details about what you're into. And, you know, if you don't want to hear details about what I'm into, that's fine, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. That yeah. was a very, very explicit. What you <laughs> to, God, I kind I of know, wonder right? what ended up on the cutting room floor after that scene. Oh, I know. Okay. Well, speaking of sex, uh, let's talk John and Christiana. 
So Christiana is planning on turning herself in, but not until she's able to enjoy some of her time out with John. John really wants to consummate their marriage. So Christy and John talk about how much they add value to each other's lives, and Christiana gets emotional as she thinks about how much his 49 or 46 years of life experience has helped to save her life. They get to a hotel and Christiana is happy to not be in a house with her mom and her sister because according to her, she's great at blowjobs. Oh God, more TMI. John gets in the room and immediately takes off his shirt. They quickly kick out the cameras. Next, we fast forward to the morning after, and they were up pretty late consummating their marriage. Christiana says that she's not really ready to go back to jail, but she just wants one more night with her family. John thinks it will probably make it harder, but at the same time, he understands. So John says he will try to make it the best day ever. Christiana is just kind of fearful that they will get caught by the police and John will also get in trouble, which is a legitimate concern considering they're driving around with a huge target sign, trouble, on their truck in the form of the Bonnie and Clyde decal. So John drives her back to her family and he tries to convince her mom that Christy needs uh, more time to get a clear head before she goes back. Her mom thinks that if there's a warrant out for her arrest, that it's going to make it worse for everyone. Tara, her sister, is worried that Christy will never want to go back. So she tells us if the next day she doesn't turn herself in, she would be tempted to call the sheriff. All right. So if you are in this situation and you're Tara, would you call the cops on a family member? <sighs> um, No, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I because. I would, you want her to turn herself in, right? You really yes. do. And I, I totally get that that's, they're right. Mom and Tara are right. That is the best case. In it. That is the best course of action is for her to turn mm -hmm. herself in as soon as possible. Right. In right. Long term, right? That is just yeah. the best thing. But yeah, just with all, you know, all the stuff that's going down with the, you know, I don't want to bring cops into any kind of situation. Like, I don't want right. to bring them to a house where there's an addict who doesn't want to go. I That's just too risky to me to do that to her. Yeah. I wondered a little bit if Tara has a criminal background, too, because mm -hmm. it seemed like she seemed awfully concerned about what would happen if they caught Christy at the house. Sure. You know, like, OK, so John gets taken away. Like, if I were Tara, I'd be like, cool. Like Would one you? less person living in the house. It's not like she's getting kicked out. You yes, know? she is. Because what happens to John's house when he goes when he goes away? He's not in charge of it anymore. Some other somebody in John's family gets the run of the house and is going to kick him out. Yeah, I would maybe. definitely be concerned if the person who was opening their doors to me went to jail. Like, because I don't know what would happen at that point. Yeah, I guess it depends on his owning situation, right? Yeah. So if he owns it versus rents versus you know what kind of the chain of command and who handles who gets um the legal control of the house when he's sure. away like things like that like, i got no yeah. idea so there's a lot there's a lot that can go down i'm sure for her and i don't also know if she is worried about herself if she has a criminal past and right. she has knowingly been living in a house with somebody she knows is a fugitive like i don't know if that's gonna that's hurt her that's what i was thinking because like tara is very clearly a drug addict she's mm -hmm. had a history of it so it's kind of like I don't know, like, how does Christiana keep on getting in trouble with basically drug-related offenses, Yeah. right? And then Tara stay out of trouble. Mm -hmm. So it just seems mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Yeah. Why would you invite, you know, the sheriff there if you're someone who 
I don't know. Right. Could easily right. get in trouble. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I, I really do feel for her that she's afraid to go back and she doesn't want to go back. But yeah. if she's going to wait until she's ready, she will never turn herself in because you're yes, never going to be ready to do that. That is right. Not something I agree that, with Tara because it's going to be like the next day you're going to be like, oh no, just one more day. Yeah, it's going to be just one more day for a long time. Yeah, and at some point you just take it to the point where you're taking John down with you, like right. And that's I don't think she wants that. No, she doesn't. I mean, they genuinely seem to care about one another, Mm -hmm. like a lot. Um, And I just, I feel like he is ready to go to prison for her. Like, he is so ride or die. It's kind of odd. But at the same time, it's weirdly sweet. But But he has so many kids, too. Yes, he has a truckload of kids he has so many kids that he's ready to just be like oh i'm ready i'm willing to go to prison for her and be like and leave your kids high and dry like what is that like there has to be other people relying on him besides her and i know that you're into her but like and you got other responsibilities that you can't just completely blow off for her but then you know bonnie and clyde God, I know, right? If I was the police, I would be immediately suspicious if anyone is going around with like, I don't know, criminal decals. It's not like, okay, the people at the halfway house uh-huh. have seen that truck. Like yes, they're like, oh I'm yeah, sure. she's missing. She's probably in a truck with a big black truck with a Bonnie and Clyde detail decal on the back of it. So just uh, check TV and look out for that. Like, it's a pretty yeah. identifiable vehicle that he's running around right. in. Right. Actually, that's so true too. Okay, I thought it was pretty funny how Christiana thought John was forty nine, and he's like, eh. <laughs> well, 46. good for him. At least it was the wrong way. At least it was the right way for him. Like, yeah, but at the same time, it'd be like, I would be sad if someone thought I was older. Oh, you're saying. Because like, do you look oh, older? Because you look older. I thought it was because she hit. He, she no, she thought talk. he was 49. He's like, no, I'm 46. I see <laughs> what you're saying. 49 I, I would be like, no, I'm only 46. But yeah, that's why she was like, but you're convincingly 49. I believe 49. <laughs> 46 is a bit of a stretch. She's like, I am 46. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm also I'm also very suspicious of anyone that brags about uh, how good they are at blowjobs. That's just like uh, hmm. I feel like if you have to brag about it, eh, maybe like maybe I feel like it's uh, one of those things that you know if you're truly good at it, you don't have to advertise. <laughs> well, I think this kind of goes back to the whole like, how do you really know? Yes, I don't think anyone is going to lie and say, oh, that was really awful unless it really truly was awful and they never want that to happen again because at some point they want it to happen again (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. like yeah like uh, there's a few i'd say physical cues that you could tell to be like maybe you're not doing a great job at this but other than that like Right, right. But like I said, I don't think anyone's going to jeopardize the future uh, right. where their blowjobs are coming from. So, of course, best one I've ever had. <laughs> exactly. There's been no one else but you. All right. Let's move on to I'm Maurice and Jessica. All right. So, we're really just Jessica. Since this is turning out to be one of the more wholesome couples on the show, we get a scene that's usually reserved for 90 Day Fiance. Oh, Wedding gosh, dress shopping. 
Your favorite. <laughs> so she's going Which, by the way, this isn't. Mr. O hates the wedding dress shopping Oh, it's scenes. so funny because we always, as we always ask, you'll see this. This one was okay. It always comes up, which dress? And I was like, they all look the same to me. Anyway, <laughs> these ones did not, though. So we'll get there. She's going shopping with her mom and Tiffany, but not her sister. Um, because as we learned earlier in the season, the two of them had a falling out when she started dating Maurice. Jessica says she's looking for something form-fitting with lace and sparkles. And then the first dress they tried on had literally none of those things. <laughs> it was big and no lace, no sparkles, nothing. And on that one, she's concerned about the fit of the dress. She couldn't even get it zipped up, and especially because, you know, she's six weeks pregnant. And things are starting to get a little snug. And by the time the wedding comes around, things are going to be even more snug. Um... So the shop lady then suggests busting out the champagne and suspicions are raised when Jessica says that she's not drinking today. Jessica doesn't really see any way to get around saying it because her mom's like, not even a sip for a toast. And she was like, so she tells mom that she's pregnant. Mom takes it much better than Dave, dad, Dave did. She is surprised, but actually seems genuinely excited. And, uh, but then after, after the news and after all that sharing, um, Jessica is kind of like, eh, I feel a little bad because Maurice and May promised we wouldn't tell anybody, not knowing that <laughs> he already spilled the beans. But anyway, after all this goes down, she tries on a dress that matches her requirements much more closely. Um, and she says that this is the one. So we saw two dresses trying on, two dresses. Um, so, yeah, let's start there. We always start with there with the dresses. What did you think about the dress she picked? Uh, the dress in the end she picked I thought was pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought the pattern kind of right on her boobs were kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Like it kind of almost made it look pointy and like a little too bare in certain like random spots. Sure. Like it wasn't consistently covered, which just seemed a bit odd. But overall, I like the style. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was definitely what on her. she was going for. Right. Yes. Yes. And and it did have. I do appreciate the the dresses that aren't like, you know, halters. They had like the it has like the sheer stuff on top, especially uh -huh. on 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 women that are bigger. To be like, keep right. that thing up and on. Like, yes. Because I hate the sure. ones that I feel like, oh my god, they're gonna, her boobs are gonna fall like out of the Angela, dress. Like Angela. Yeah. Where it's like her boobs are to her waist, right? and she doesn't yeah. need to wear that blue bra underneath of it that everybody can see. Oh, sure. Gosh. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I liked it on her. I mean, it's not my personal taste, but sure. I thought it was pretty. Yeah. And I definitely thought it suited her. So. Yeah. And yeah, the first nice. one was weird because it just didn't fit. So it was hard to judge the first yeah, one. Yeah, it made her look really fat. And I felt yeah. really bad for her because totally. it's like, yeah, you look super pregnant in that. But I feel like six weeks, six. it's like, how much weight can you really gain at six weeks? Six weeks is so early. Yeah. it's it. Uh, That's like your first missed period. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, I mean, it. It goes. You wouldn't be showing yet. I think it's definitely the no. thing where you wouldn't be showing, but you'd definitely be Especially like. Especially if it's your first. Yeah. You'd be like, my pants are a little harder to like button. <laughs> I'm noticing right, that. Right, right. Like. Yeah. But you know, I get that after the holidays. So, you know. <laughs> well, must be because you're pregnant. I must be. Yes, must be. So I better stop drinking all that champagne. All right, uh, let's talk about Dylan and Heather. So we continue where we left off, which was Heather driving like a psycho and Dylan yelling at her, saying that she's being crazy and begging her to stop the car. She finally slows down the car uh, slow enough for Dylan to throw the car in park and grab the keys out of the ignition. Like, 
secret agent style. Holy right? crap. I know. So Heather freaks out and screams that he's a bitch and she hates him. Dylan is trying to tell everyone else to back up because there's a crowd just formed around them, mostly of the producers. She tells him to give back the phone she gave him and her keys. And so she makes him, you know, drop it off through the little uh, space in the window. Yeah. Yeah. And she drives off. Dylan is asking her where she's going because, you know, he lives with her. The crew lends Dylan a phone so he can call an Uber. And he is in the car wondering why things are so unstable and crazy. This is not what freedom was supposed to look like. And Dylan starts to get emotional and cries. He said that this is not the Heather he fell in love with. He meets up with his mom, Paula, and his aunt, Robin, to get advice about the situation. Dylan tells us he's very close to both his parents, even though they're divorced. He tells us that he didn't get to see his mom as much while he was in prison because Heather thought his mom was monopolizing his visit time. Dylan tells them what happened, and Paula says it's just not right, and he should figure out what he wants, and they're going to support him. Dylan starts to cry when he tells them that Heather was there for him, and he can't just walk away from that. Robin begs him to come with them and says that they will always be there for him. All right, so what do you think Heather is so mad about? Like, what do you think she would say? Like, if she were in an interview and, you know, they're like, Heather, what got you upset? Oh, that is interesting because I have no idea. I I really don't have any idea. (laughs) Like, I, she just, I think she just feels like, I think she had this huge fear that he was going to get out of prison, have more options than her, and immediately leave. And like, she's like manifesting that with her actions, right? And she yeah. thinks that she the, the way she's going to solve that problem, the way she's going to keep that from happening is just by holding on as tight as she can. And when he she feels him wiggle, she's just like, you're trying to escape me. You're trying to get away. And like, it just freaks out about it. Because I don't know what was, I mean, last week it was, he made, a, he made a crack about them being late because of her makeup. Right. That was it. Like that was it. And and then this time, like, I just feel like, I feel like she just kind of has this weird way of viewing the world where it's either you're on her team or you're not on her team. And it's a hundred percent you are with her or you're against her. So as soon as he does something that's against her, like putting the car in park and taking the keys, now he's an enemy. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely extreme, but I feel like delusional people, they very much create their own reality, right? Yeah. And so it makes sense to them because it's their truth. I mean, you hear it all the time, your truth. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like, but at the same time, it still follows some kind of logical reasoning, right? It's just it's just based on very false assumptions. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I was thinking about it. It's like, what on earth would her truth be? You know, what would justify in her mind being that mad at Dylan? Like, what has she said in her mind? Like, what delusional thoughts has she kind of misconstrued about the situation? You know, and I couldn't think of any except for she was disrespected, which I feel like is a general catch-all for everything Right, right. a lot of times. But I I really do think it's her binary way of thinking. You're either Mm -hmm. 100% or 0%. You're either in or you're out. So if you want your mom to visit you in prison, you're out. Why are you out? Why are you? Why is Wolfie out the door? If you want, if you make, if you make a snarky comment about me taking too long to put on my makeup, you're out. Why are you not committed yeah. to me? 
oh, if you want to talk to my aunt instead of coming and banging me in the bedroom right now, why are you against me? Why are you out? Like, so she has this weird binary way of thinking where it's either a hundred percent about her all the time, or it's like nothing. That's just too exhausting. It is. I feel like he should have known that. Okay, granted, he he's never seen this side of crazy, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a huge red flag if she's getting jealous because his mom is visiting and that somehow cuts into their visiting time. Right, right. Because it definitely sounded like it didn't sound like the mom even visited that much. No, that she was he just said a like, couple times. That's all. Yeah, that she was just like, oh no, any visiting time that you don't spend with me is, uh, is a, an insult or a disrespect to me. That you would dare choose to spend any of your small time that you have free with anybody else. Right. It, I mean, it makes me wonder a little bit if she has any other friends or if Dylan is completely her life because the way she made it sound like she had to drive how many hours? Like I want to say some absurd amount, like four or six hours or something uh-huh. to go visit him. And she visited him every single weekend. It's like I can't imagine having like set weekend plans every weekend. It's like I wouldn't have a social life. I don't. And this is from someone who doesn't have very many friends himself. Oh, um, she girl, doesn't. No, she doesn't. And here's how I know. Here's how I. Here's why I think she doesn't have friends. There is no scene of her talking to a friend. Right. There's, and she couldn't stay with a friend. And she couldn't stay she with has a friend. To stay with she stayed with her aunt. Yeah. Like there is no scene. But I mean, it's definitely different. I mean, I'm more of a you know introverted person who doesn't like have a huge group of friends. This is my personality, right? Mm-hmm. But she just. I don't, I think she's too exhausting to be a friend with. Oh my God. Yes, I can see that. You know, it's kind of like she's also someone, and I have, I know people like that, that if they feel slighted by someone, it's like they're very quick to cut them out of their lives. Right. And so it's kind of like, and especially if you're being delusional, it's like I, I've actually had a kind of a falling out with a friend um, earlier this year because she had kind of made up this, and it was based in some reality, but it's like made up this event that just plain didn't happen. And so she felt slighted against. And so she just like basically ended our friendship. And so I kind of see Heather being someone like that is like, yeah, maybe it was something, but she took it the wrong way, felt slighted, and is just like, well, yeah. I'm going to reject oh. you now. I could, I mean, you could, I mean, it's completely believable. I could totally see at least the Heather we see in the show. Oh, yeah. Like, if she found out you had a group text that she wasn't on, would be like, oh, that's sure. it. I'm done. No friends anymore. I yeah, can't believe that. Yeah, I can't that. be friends with anyone that was in that group text <laughs> yeah. because none of them told me about it and right. they're all plotting against me. <laughs> exactly. Fine. I'm I'm going to find new friends. Yes. Yeah. So, and I feel like that's also why she's, uh, you know, clung to Dylan so much too. It's like, this is her only social life, right? I mean, every weekend for five years, like that is a lot. Yeah. That is like at some point, more you, commitment than I would ever Like you have. think at some point Dylan would be like, why don't you go like actually enjoy a weekend for yourself? Right. Once? Like that would be cool for you. I want that for yeah. you. Like. Right, like at least like once a month or something. Yeah. Like what you know, and then his he could see his mom once a month. Yeah. Like it works out for both of them. Yeah, it's yeah, just, it, it, just it, it is really much. exhausting to to date somebody who's like 
you were like, hey, don't you want to do something independent? And they're like, no, why would I want that? And it's like. Right. Yeah. It, okay. I agree with you. It is very exhausting to date someone where you are their world. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's one thing to be really into each other and to have shared interests. But if you basically are living the same life, like that's got to be exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially when, yeah, just you, you're, it's like, it's like being on stage all the time. Like you're constantly yeah. it. You're, it's all about you. Ugh. So I don't know. I do believe there are people out there that are kind of okay with that, but you know, it doesn't seem like Dylan's one of them. No. You know, I mean, he loves his family. <laughs> this one, this, I mean, th uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't know if anybody, I guess there wouldn't say nobody, never say never, but you're going to yeah. get hard to find somebody who they get jealous of you hanging out with your mom once a month. Like that, right. that's going to be even, it's going to be too far for a yeah. vast She needs someone who has no one in their life. Yeah. Right. So they don't have any family connections. They don't have any friends, mm -hmm. you know, then they can be about her a hundred percent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's who she can be with at this point. All right. So on a similar vein of independence, we get to Javel and Quaylen. Oh gosh. Oh, geez. There was, there was a lot of things going down here. So we start, we kind of bounce back and forth, and we start with Chevelle and Maila. They're making some lunch, and Chevelle tells us that Quaylen has been gone to Texas for about a week, and he's been pretty inconsistent about communication, so she's frustrated. Um, then we go, to, then we switch to Quaylen, who's doing some chores on, uh, around the garage, and the phone rings, and he actually picks up, right? But turns out he's not talking to Chevelle. He's talking to his sister, Q-Baby. Which is what is in his phone. It says Q-Baby on his phone. Oh, good. Because we had called her that by accident last week. I was like, you know, baby sister Q. Because yeah. I was just like, what is her so name? I'm, so I'm going with Q-Baby. Because that's what it said on okay, his phone. Okay, Q-Baby. Perfect. Uh, and she is looking to introduce him to some of her friends. He says he wants to go out with them. But isn't looking for women. But then we go back to Chevelle. Who's struggling over what to tell Maila about the situation. If Quaylen decides not to come back. So next, um, Quaylen is having his first beer in years with his sisters. And now that he's and now he's actually having a legal beer because before he went into prison, it would have been underage drinking. <laughs> he ignores a call from Chevelle before Q-Baby's friend Alyssa comes. And, oh, look at that. The only seat left is right next to Quaylen. <laughs> so, uh, so Quay goes to get some more Bud Heavy, which is what they're drinking. And Q-Baby uh, lets it known while he's gone that this is 100% a setup. I mean, not surprisingly. All right. Quaylen kind of seems to know what's going on, but then is super dumb about it and even like puts his arms around Alyssa for a picture. Um, and then as they're talking about the rest of the play, oh, a picture that, of course, Q-Baby immediately puts on social media. Oh, God. So as they're discussing the rest of the plans for the night, you know, Quaylen wants to go get some dancing, some music. I can't blame him for that. But <laughs> but Chevelle calls and uh, he steps away to take the call. He feels like Chevelle is doing too much and um, he feels smothered like he's in Chevelle prison. Well, it turns out that Chevelle is calling at this specific point because Q-Baby's nefarious and extremely obvious plan is working. Chevelle saw the post on social media of everyone hanging out and does not appreciate Quaylen lying about how he's just hanging out at home. They get mad at each other. Chevelle um, is mad at Quaylen for being on a date. And Quaylen is mad that Chevelle keeps blowing his phone up. 
being on, of course, they he go he hangs up and goes back to talk to his sisters. And you know, being on team break up and move back to Houston, Conandria thinks that this incident means that they should just break up and Quaylen should move to Houston. He keeps saying that he needs um, his space and freedom. and isn't sure what he wants to do yet. All right. So what do you think? I mean, I think it's I think it's getting more and more obvious what he's going to do. But what do you think at this point? What's he going to end up doing? I don't know. I feel like uh, to keep the show going, <laughs> keep the sharp money gravy train going, because I mean, we know they're going to be. Yeah, on, that's right. They're uh, on life, life after, lock after up in two weeks. Up. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to say Kansas City. But I think if it was really like what he wanted to do and there weren't any cameras, I feel like Houston. Yeah. It's like he has no interest in going back because like he said, I mean, he wants to be a free man. And you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I could see him being in Houston and, you know, getting his space and independence and then, you know, being like, okay, now I'm ready to go back to Chevelle. But I can't see him wanting to live that way while she's acting that way. Mm-hmm. And not to say, and I'm not saying that she's being unfair the way she's acting because I absolutely understand it because he's acting distant. Yeah. He's avoiding her calls. Like, I get it. I felt it was really unfair that Quaylen's sisters are like, oh, well, you know, she having her call all the time she's just insecure and it's like yes she is but that's because he's making her feel that way yeah i mean yes it does mean she's insecure because when you know what it feels like when somebody's about to break up with you pretty insecure yeah. right right <laughs> it feels like i might have to go and, and do something about that and like especially yeah and you know how it definitely feels when the person you're you're you know committed to and trying to get married to is literally out on a date with someone yeah, it makes me feel a little insecure. It's not like they're right. like, that's ridiculous. It's like, not really ridiculous, right? No. But, I mean, we, we kind of went through this. We kind of saw this pattern coming, right? We saw it was going to happen because mm. he was in prison for so long. And yeah. she was there for him. And she kind of represented freedom from him for him when he was in prison. Right? It was something yeah. to look forward to when he was getting out. It was, some, it was a mm. thing he was building, a thing he was working on. And like, you know, and it was like definitely that thing compared to prison, you know, a committed relationship where you're raising a daughter and getting married, living in a house sounds, sounds like great freedom. And then he kind of went to that and was like, Oh no, like, I want to be able to sleep in and like eat what I want and go to the gym when I want. And you know, I spend it on an Xbox if I want. Yeah. And I can, I can, I can go and, you know, on a Wednesday night and go out to the club and just hang out and come back at two in the morning, whatever. That sounds, that sounds, I mean, he's what? 26. Right. Yeah, those are things 26 year olds do for sure. Yeah. And yeah, 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 just it's yeah. We said jumping right into, you know, both your your time out of prison. You were a teenager to jump right into now you're a dad was always going to be too steep of a climb. Okay, well, let's talk about that for a second, because I thought it was really interesting that Myela called Quaylen mommy's boyfriend yeah because i think uh you know uh chevelle was asking well what do you think about you know quaylen living here and she said oh you mean your boyfriend and it's just kind of like to me this is not a kid that is trying to make quaylen her father figure if you're referring to her as mommy's Mommy's boyfriend boyfriend. sure not even like quaylen like not even his name just mommy's boyfriend yeah so you're right she does seem to be overselling how much uh Yes, Maila is attached so. to this guy. Definitely, mm-hmm. I yeah. That that's yeah. a good that's a good catch because that is totally true. 
Yeah, so I wondered a little bit if she's just projecting, you know, and it's kind of like I could kind of see, you know, Chevelle kind of almost like baiting her like, oh, you know, what would you think if Quaylen was your dad? Uh-huh. You know, don't you want a dad? You know, and then being like, oh, she wants a dad. She wants a father. She's been telling me she wants a father. It's like, yeah, but you're asking her leading questions. Right. So it's little, not really little bit the of, same thing. A little bit of bias in that survey there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I just, I, the other part of that was, um, you know, I also feel like she's using it as emotional like blackmail for Quaylen. Like you're not even just letting me down, but you're letting down this little girl. Right. You know, and kind of using that to really And it's you a little know. girl he doesn't even like know that much. We're not even sure how much he cares about the little girl. You know, it's well, like Well he got her a gift, but you know Yeah. Eh. Okay. So yeah, there's lot there's lots of people who get gifts. <laughs> right. Okay. And yeah, and that's valid point because, you know, he doesn't even care about keeping in touch with Chevelle, you know? Right. And so it seems like if he missed Myla, he'd be messaging her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. yeah. I just, and that's, that's just, and I'm not saying that, you know, I definitely don't, it doesn't need to be that kind of relationship where you're like constantly texting each other, right? Those right. are, those are, as we discussed before, super exhausting. Yeah. But like, it definitely, definitely can't just be like, yeah, I'm not answering this. I'm like, and I'm making it back to her. Like, I'm, I'm right. like nothing. Like, I, because it sounds like it's been days. Days. Yes, I agree. Yeah. It sounds like it's been days. And like right. and that's kind of like if it's a if it's a text that requires a response, then like, yes, I totally get you're busy, you were doing stuff, you forgot, like, but then you if you get like the follow-up is like it's the question mark follow-up and it's still like another day, like they're they're mm-hmm. ignoring it at that point. Yeah, definitely. All right. So oh, I just want to make one quick comment about Quaylen's stupid glasses that he wears in his interview they uh-huh. look like grandma glasses are they I never notice are they they're like horn rim glasses right yes but the way they are shaped they're like big ovals okay oh oh those ones those, those ones because he he wears like three different kinds yeah, of yeah, glasses, yeah, yeah. no like. those are like uh, okay the stupid oversized grandma glasses are like yeah. super trendy right now I know, but I just can't. It makes him look like a weird grandma. <laughs> right. Oh. All right. Okay. Students of the week. Oh, this one was hard. So okay, because hard. Yes, it was very hard because I felt like um, everyone was either like we struggle sometimes. It's like you didn't really do anything bad, but you didn't really do anything. You were, ba- good yeah, you were barely in the episode. You didn't do anything. Right. Yeah. So like Jessica, you know, like Jessica, she picked out a dress. She didn't really do anything right. great, but she didn't do anything bad either. She just picked out right. a dress. Like Scott let his let just let let Lindsay talk to someone and then went and right moved tools around and his then truck. was naive like, yeah. <laughs> to who she was to her. Yeah. So I went with and this is like, you know, barely and there's a very specific reason why. I went with Destiny. Okay. And she's all talk, right? And so that was the part that's like, yeah, you really didn't deserve. But in terms of her actions, I thought that, you know, her accepting the ring in kind of a nice way and, you know, being very appreciative. She yeah. told him how beautiful it was. And then being thoughtful about taking the ring off when she met with uh, Kelly that's the reason why I gave it to Destiny this week. Okay. Okay. So uh, my student of the week, I don't know. I had to dig deep. I went with Jessica's mom. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? 
she, yeah, she, she reacted well. She reacted well. She got the she got the news, and she she did say, "Oh, I better get getting on that job." But it wasn't like, yeah, yeah. like I don't know, better than better than dad, better than dad. Right, so, right, good. Yeah, definitely. All right, now uh, the other way hard to pick is for dunce yes. because they're just a lot. There's to pick too from. many, a lot to pick I from. Know. Sure, right. So who did you go well, with? Well, Heather's out because we both double dunced her last week. True. So that made it a little bit easier. Right, right. And she didn't do. It's weird because we didn't see much of her. Like what we did see of her was scary and crazy, but mm-hmm. like it was like three seconds of her yelling "bitch." It's like so. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with John. Okay. Um, John means well, but he is an enabler. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like this is the last thing kind of a drug addict needs. Like, yeah, you know, well, someone who has issues like this, they need some tough love. Yeah, and it's very hard because being an enabler—that's literally what it is. Nobody, nobody is nobody who enables them. That's the, the definition of enabler. It's not somebody who. Mm-hmm dislikes them and wants them to do oh, no. worse. Yeah, it's somebody shows a lot of love. Like, they're trying to help and they're just helping in a yeah. way that makes the problem worse. Right, yeah. And you're right, it's exactly what he's doing. So I went with uh, Quaylen, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, he deserves it too. Yeah, just, I mean, so I don't like, yeah, I don't like why well, she's blowing my phone up. It's like, well, if you answered her, maybe she would stop. Like yeah, plus that's your girlfriend. Like, like yeah, it's, expected. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, I guess the texting all the time, but it doesn't. It does make sense to be like, at least every other day you should talk to them, right? Like that. <laughs> yeah. That's the bare minimum I would expect. Sure. Like most, more likely every day, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that was tough, and just him like. I don't know. I feel like he's, I don't know if he's trying to fool us or fooling himself, but he just is not in, invested in this relationship and just doesn't, maybe he doesn't realize it or mm-hmm. I don't know what else, but it, it just, I didn't like his, I'm going to be independent and free and not like, then you should break up if you want to be independent yeah. and free. Like you can't Definitely. have it both ways. All right. What about your life lesson? So um, this one goes to destiny and it's like, you can't, you shouldn't stand between a man and his kids because like, your butt hurt about like his about somebody else you can't i can't i you don't you don't get to see your basically her decision was i don't want you to see your kids because i can't keep a lid on my anger for a half hour yeah like that that was her decision yeah. uh, i'm gonna get mad at kelly and he's like but well okay yeah and i think also to be fair to sean as much as you know i hated on sean for being the world's worst dad because why is he choosing a woman who has no interest in being a stepmom like destiny probably shouldn't be involved in a man that she that has kids when she has no interest in you know being a mother figure Mm -hmm. totally yeah all right, uh, my life lesson is aimed at Chevelle. Don't project your own feelings onto your children oh and lead God. them into saying what you really want. I see my sister do this all the time. <laughs> like say it about my niece. Uh-huh. Like, oh, she doesn't like this. Or I was like, how do you know? It, it, I just know. It takes, like, mm. I don't know, it takes a few years of parenting in my experience to get past the idea that you can engineer your kids to like stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you just can't like because sometimes you're like, I really like this thing and I want to share it with my kids. And it's the like you one of the most disappointing things that happens and you get over it is that you're like, I love this. It even be something dumb like a movie that you really love. Right. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, oh, I'm waiting till they're old enough. I'm going to share with them. They're going to love it, too. And then you just watch it. And they're just like, yeah, 
wasn't that into it. Yeah. Right. And you can't just you can't you can't engineer your kids to like stuff or feel a certain or feel some kind of way. Right. Right. And I think like especially when they're younger, they kind of can read your own emotions to things. And so, you know, you know, I'm sure Myela sees like Chevelle's really excited about this guy. And so she is, you know, acting really excited about it. But doesn't mean that she really is excited about it. She just gets like, oh, mom's happy. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And at some point they give up on keeping mom happy. And they're just like, hey, yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So um, I think we have one more episode. One more episode. Yes, and then Life After Lockup, yeah, which, which I'm kind of looking forward to. I know. We get, so, I don't know. We get some good ones back. I don't know. There's a couple couples that I'm like, eh, I don't know. About yeah. That. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, I I kind of want to see more Dylan. So I'm kind of bummed yeah. that he only has one more episode left. Yeah. I mean, I think I, but... I, prediction is he's just he's going to break up with her. Like, it's done. Oh, he's going well, yeah. to move in with mom and that's done. Yeah. I know. But he needs to find another love and then get back on the show. Sure. Uh, totally. We'd be down for that. <laughs> yeah. But maybe give give us one of the wholesome like couples. That's what we need. We need that with, with Dylan. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because he seems to deserve it. All right. So, yeah, yeah. So next week we'll come back. Last episode, which means we'll have our power rankings. Oh, yes. For the cast. And yep, yeah. Sounds good. We'll see everybody then. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.